0: Hello, and welcome to episode 76 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. I'm fresh off a brilliant day at the Lakeside World Championship qualifiers. Not my best starts, not remotely, uh, but a fantastic day. Great to see people again, great to see the, the players get over the line, and a brilliant experience to be part of. Tick Lakeside off the bucket list and i can say that i was you know 7 games away from qualifying for the world championships which is probably as close as i'll ever get but a thoroughly enjoyable day and would highly recommend going to one of those sort of things in the future if you're interested i've got two great guests on this week's show first up is riano sullivan who came through the qualifier at lakeside to secure her return to the women's world championship i actually had the pleasure of chalking the final between Rhiann and Robin Byrne. A great game, and you'll hear Rhiann talk about that win and her expectations for her return to the home of World Darts in January. I'm delighted to be joined by the woman who's just sealed her place at Lakeside, Rihanna Sullivan. Rhiann, how are you feeling?
1: I'm absolutely overwhelmed, to be honest. I'm, I'm delighted that I've come through, and um, yeah, I'm very happy.
0: Yeah. Tough game there, with Robin yeah. took the big double 19 out to make it 4-3 did you feel that was sort of the decisive moment in the game
1: I was hoping it was
0: <laughs> um,
1: I know how well she can play so I, I, I was just trying to get on top on the last leg or whatever leg it was going to be well it was the last leg so I was just trying to get the, ahead of her and I did, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm delighted. I got but this is how I qualified the last time I got to Lakeside so
0: was the playoffs,
1: and I, I'm happy that I've done it the hard way this
0: time as well. So. I to say it's not an easy way through. But when you came through the playoffs last time, I think that was set play, yeah. was leg yes. sort so, of match regime, play. This time, yeah. was it? Did that make it harder being best of seven?
1: To be honest, I, I was just thinking leg by leg. Um, Bit by bit, and, and, and see what happens. To be honest, and I think the less pressure you put on yourself, the easier it is on yourself. So. But I am um, the the ladies that I played against today. All of them could make it. The last, especially the last four or five. Yeah, they could all make it.
0: So I mean, you talk about pressure. A lot of people, when they saw the draw, were looking at you probably as the favourite to come through that the way you've been playing at County, you've come through these before. Did you feel that pressure, or did you just try and block all of that out and focus on yourself? No, to be honest, it was
1: just game by game. And I should have lost the first game against my fellow Welsh woman, so I'm just really delighted that I got all this way, and I was like, leg by leg, game by game, and that's all I was doing it by, so I'm, I'm... I am You've
0: had some success on that Lakeside stage before.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you got any expectations for Absolutely January? Absolutely just...
1: nothing. Let's see what the draw does, and um, again, take it game by game. And I, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm there to be <laughs> honest. But they know they got a game if they've got to play me, and I know whoever's there it's going to be a tough game so um, yeah I'm delighted I really I can't believe
0: it so and something obviously I was talking your final so wasn't that aware of what was going on but every yeah. time you won a leg there was a lot of cheering a lot of shouting you had a yeah. lot of support do you know Can what a uh, yeah.
1: no yes I, I, I believe so I, there's at least a huge table of us here and there's always good Welsh um, support yeah, you. My husband's here today and he didn't always come with me. So, yeah, I'm
0: happy. Well, congratulations once Thank again. Very I'll very see nice. you in in yes, January. Absolutely. It was great to grab a quick chat with Rhianne after she'd won. It was a tough game to come through. And as she, she said herself, she'd had a couple of scares along the way. She'd been in a 4-3 game in the opening round against a fellow Welsh thrower, Kay Hales. And then against Roz Bulmer in the semi, she got very lucky indeed. She was 3-1 down and then 4-3 down. And I think it was at 4-3. Roz was left on 81, went treble 19, double 16, which if your maths is right, you realise she bust the 81, which obviously then opened the door for Rianne to come back into it, leveled it up at 4-4 and then took it out 5-4 and then obviously went on to play Robin in the final. If Robin had won, she'd have become the first Irish woman to qualify for a world championship. So it's a sad thing for her to lose and to miss out on that bit of history. But her time is definitely going to come. Um, and the same goes for Denise Cassidy, who who Robin beat in the semi-finals. I saw Denise afterwards and she was pretty emotional. But I think if she, she continues to play the way she can and, and what she's capable of, she'll certainly be among the contenders to qualify for next year's world championship, the, the 2023 Edition. The female qualifier from Assen in the Netherlands was Marjolaine Noyens. She's a former Dutch international, very steady player, um, and she came through that beating Vanessa Zudema in the final. The men's qualifiers from Assen, I have to say, I was absolutely delighted to see the man himself, Super Mario, Mario Vandenbeharde come through there, as well as Ryan DeVreed, good to see him come through as well, uh, always good to see a lefty in the mix, and then in the UK it was two of the players who'd been tipped by a lot of people to do well, Jared Cole, um, he beat Terry Stubbs 6-3 in his semi-final to get through, Jared's going to be one of the youngest players in the tournament aged just 21, and then at the other end of the scale, the other qualifier was the 57 year old, the punk, Johnny Haynes. He's going to be playing in his first WDF World Championships. First time playing on that lakeside stage for him. (sighs) A tough, tough game he came through to get in in the end. He played Scott Walters, someone I've tipped the last couple of weeks to to get through. Johnny went 4-0 up. Scott then won five legs on the spin to make it 5-4 and move within one of getting a World Championship spot before Johnny then turned the tables once again in a dramatic game, winning the last two legs in 18 and 17 darts to get through both of them been playing a lot in the live league which has obviously given them good preparation the best of seven format in that was akin to much of the early rounds at Lakeside and obviously they were the ones who came out in what was ultimately a battle of attrition during the day some more detailed thoughts from me on the day uh, you'll hear those later in the week myself and the Darty nerd Matthew keenan who was on driving duties in the Dartsmobile he took me down there brought me back we had a lovely day there Great bloke, great company. We did a bit of preview, review content, which you'll we'll be hearing later in the week. Not 100% sure whose channel that's going to be on at the moment, but that's something to, to keep an ear out for. The youth games were also played, Lakeside and Assen. Lakeside, the, the two boys that came through were Leighton Bennett and Charlie Large. And in Assen, the two that came through were Bradley Roos and Germany's Louis Lipto. He was a bit of a surprise but they're going to be the final four boys. And then the girls' final, the inaugural Girls' World Championship final, will be contested by Lancashire's Eleanor Kearns. She came from, I think it was 3-1 down, to beat Lauren Stoko on her side of the draw. And from us, and it was the German, Wiebke Riemann. She came through the seven-player field over there. Looking forward to all of those games taking place at Lakeside. And now we have the full field for the men's and the the women's and and the youth. The draws will be done on the 7th of December at 7 o'clock UK time. expected to be broadcast on the WDF's YouTube channel, which I'm not sure that there is one at the moment, but obviously I'm sure by the time you're listening or by the time the draw takes place, there will be. Looking forward to seeing how that pans out. As far as I understand, the 16 seeds go through to the last 32. And then the 32 players for the men are going to be drawn the guys who were 17 to 32 in the rankings are going to be in one pool and then the remaining players from the main ranking table and the international qualifiers will be in another pool and it'd be one from the 17 to 32 pool versus one from the top-ups international qualifiers pool and it would work like that all the way down. So you're not, in theory, from what I understand anyway, going to have a situation where it's Martin Adams against James Richardson. One man who will be in the field after... Uh, a late withdrawal of one of the Russian Federation representatives, is Scotland's Sean MacDonald. I was absolutely delighted to be able to break that news. It's going to be great to see Sean on that World Championship stage and he's going to be a very, very tough opponent for whoever he gets in the draw. Talking of tough opponents, the same can be said for Australia's Justin Thompson. Justin was offered an invite to Lakeside after Donovan Lottering had turned down his And as I found out last week when I spoke to Justin, accepting it was one of the easiest decisions of 2021. I'm now delighted to be joined by Australia's Justin Thompson. Justin, how are you? Good, thank you. And yourself? Yes, not too bad, thank you. Uh, Good to get you on the show. The other day you accepted your invitation for the WDF World Championships. When did you actually get the invite through? Uh, probably, I think last week. Was it uh, a tough decision to accept it with the you know the, the virus still hanging around and international travel being affected and stuff? It's like
2: this. It was the decision to go is for me a no-brainer. I'd be there in a heartbeat. But apparently, there it looks like there could be some bad news for us because. If this new strain that comes in, and it's apparently coming from England, the, our, our government might shut the borders down from that part of the world, you
0: know?
2: Hmm. So we won't be able to come back.
0: When do you think you'll know when you can come over? It's it's more or less
2: not really until the 15th. Hmm. I think there was some something was going to be announced by then it all depends on how really the this new virus comes in and, and what it does. You know, like it might come in and just fade fade out because they reckon it's not as strong as
1: what we've had mm. over here. But they but it's still
2: here, isn't it? So you know, I know they've shut the the borders down to South Africa, mm. but as far as Europe goes and stuff, I think it's still
1: up in air. The yeah, air, and um, I don't know what, where, what to think of it or anything.
2: And to be fair, like the airfares now at the moment at like $2,700 return. And if, I, if we wait any longer, we could be looking to at three and a half, four grand for a ticket. Hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, over, over Christmas and New Year, you know? Which obviously. Mm when you're coming in at the first round, and say you lose in the first round, it's only a £1,000. Obviously, the the loss you're making on that is, is quite big. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But, you know, like, it, for me, it's not really about the money. You know, like, because I'm, don't get me wrong, it's not because it's not my money. It's, like, my sponsors are paying for me to come and um, to go to England and stuff. And, of course, I don't want to just go over there and have a game of darts and hope for the best. But I don't have that added pressure where I've had to find, you know, like $5,000 to go and play darts when I've I've got that
0: support behind me, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, obviously, the last 18 months, you've not really been able to, to play a lot of darts. But 2020, you were top of the Australian standings with the WDF. You were in prime position to... Qualify for the world, but the only events Australia has been able to have this year were in Queensland. So, did you think that you'd lost that opportunity?
2: Yeah, I actually I was really upset with um, the powers to be for actually holding that tournament when, like, every other state couldn't come. You know, like none of us could go and compete in that that tournament, and I didn't find that very. (laughs) <laughs> Can I say, probably user it you know Like we, we all want to go play darts We want to uh, compete over the overseas and stuff like that And to not even have the opportunity to go and defend my points Because I won that the last time I played So not only was I not allowed to go and play it But I couldn't defend it as well, you know
0: Yeah, of course so, Have you actually been able to play a lot of competitive stuff this year with the, the border restrictions in Australia have have there still been events going on in Victoria where you are
2: um, no my, my last tournament that we had was at Easter wow at Easter when I actually it was um, if the points were on it would have been a Grand Prix like one of our uh, WDF tournaments mm-hmm and I actually won that. So, but the WDF pulled the points off at of every tournament across the, the board. Mm. And um, so that was a bit unlucky for me there as well, you know. But uh, either way, I've still been playing darts, but not not the level of opposition that I need. Mm. You know, but and... I've, I've been I've been practicing a bit. I've been my sort of practice as well like where i actually put a video up and and pass games and stuff that were good games and i'd play the the opposition you know mm-hmm. and try and beat them out
0: okay
2: have a bit of um, ridiculous radio on talkback radio on or something to, to emulate the the crowd behind me and you know like there in the radio talking about stuff I don't care about, you
1: know,
2: <laughs> and um, try and play a game of darts and get my mind mentally strength, strengthened that way, you
0: know. Hmm. I suppose, obviously, with the sort of a lack of in-person match practice and stuff, have you got any expectations for the World Championships in January, or are you just going to take it as it comes?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going over there to. Round, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be going over and putting a hundred percent try and win it, you know, because nothing stops anyone that's entered in it from winning it. They, they're all good dart players, you know, we, we can all throw darts, it's just what it's going to happen for us or not.
0: Well, I know when you've come over in the past, you've always been a tough player to beat. I think the three times you've been over when you've gone out. You've lost very close games three two every time, so hopefully this time I'm sure you'll be want to you'll want to be on the other end of a three two game.
2: Yeah, you know, you know the last one I played in in the O two that was that was hard to swallow for me because like I thought I threw really really well and but the breaks didn't the intervals didn't. Favor the person that went first, because every break was on their walk when they come back. You know, where Mm. it didn't swap. Like one, if there was two breaks,
1: it didn't swap on the the opponents. Mm. So when they come back out onto the stage, they're throwing up cold, and and you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I found that to be tough, and
2: if I, you know, I didn't even really. Uh, twig onto it until it was over you know like I said oh god because Wayne Warren great player you know and um, and fully deserved his world title and stuff you know he played well and I think I had chances and it slipped by me but anyway
0: yeah I think you you probably pushed him hardest all week in 2020 so some comfort I'm sure you could take from that I think I think it was the year before, it made me laugh in a way. There haven't been, in recent years anyway, that many times when we've had two Australians in the field. 2019, there were two Australians, and you drew each other in the first round.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a bit tough. For, me. like, for Mel, he's a really nice guy, and I get on well with Mel. And um, to have to face him in... And as much as I love him and that, I I didn't want to lose, you know, and and I'm sure he didn't want to lose either. And it was it was a hard match, it was a hard match because we got a lot of time for each other and we see each other a fair bit. So,
0: hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, <Mel>. look, <laughs> looking back <laughs> for you, then, when did you actually first start playing the game?
2: When I started playing darts. I got an apprenticeship at the the Benigo Railways as a fitter and turner, and, and that was the first time I'd seen, a, like, a dartboard. And that would have been, I would have been 26 or 27. Mm. So I've been playing for 28 years. But for that 28 years, I, I went into, um, like, state level, and which is, a good level over here in in 99 or well, 80 sorry 98 and I crushed my arm so I couldn't compete the last round and from there 99 I made the state team and then you know in 2003 I played for Australia for the first time in France in Epinal when I, when I got back from that I was having a bit of trouble with my first marriage and we split up and stuff and and I needed to to have more time with my kids you know so I gave up for 13 years and come back in 2016 like we're back into the Australian team Hmm.
0: yeah so I mean to kind of go back to, to when you first started playing obviously you were a pretty late starter in the sport compared to you know a lot of people especially nowadays their kids are getting into it younger and younger When you first started to play, did you, when you first played, were you good straight away? Did you think, you know what, I'm actually quite good at this or was it a process of sort of slowly building up to to getting into the state level? I was, I was
2: um, a fair player. I sort of come of age when I started going to, to tournaments, you know, like, and facing the likes of Wayne Wing and, and Russell Stewart and Tony David and, you know, and, the likes of those players, Andy Robinson, Steve Duke, you know, all those players that were very high up then, you know, and Mm. all of a sudden I was being competitive towards them and and stuff. And, yeah, that's where it sort of went from. So probably from when I first threw a dart, I probably within a year or two, I was recognised as a, a hard player to play. Hmm.
0: Okay. So that two thousand and three World Cup for Australia. What were the emotions for you when you got the the call to say, "Yep, yeah, you're in the team. You're off to France." Oh, I I
2: actually think I cried. I can't remember. Uh, I I do believe. I remember Betty Hislop bringing me up and and telling me the news, and you know, because it's something I think everyone strives for in this chosen sport to represent their country you know and to get that phone
0: call was yeah it was emotional something i wanted to to touch on in relation to that world cup part of the australian team in that world cup was the late carl anderson who obviously we sadly lost earlier this year what are your memories of of spending time with carl at that tournament and obviously in, in the years after that
2: you know i watched that young lad grow up and throw darts, and I first met him in, you know, Bo, don't you? Mm -hmm. You know, Bo Anderson, yeah, well, he brought him up to um, Australian Grand Masters in the ACT, and it was the first time I laid eyes on him, And, and, you know, he could throw darts really well back then, and, like, I mean, really well, and, you know, I watched him come through the rankings and go to state, and... Then when we played in Australia, he was, he was just so, so good. He was a good dart player and, and I'm, I'm, I'll am i miss him because, you know, I got on well with him. And I'll always remember France because we won these two crocodiles at uh, like a fair over there. And they were like six-foot stuffed crocodiles, right? <laughs> streets of France pretending with a crocodile hunter, Steve <laughs> Irwin. <laughs> and I'll never forget him doing that. <laughs> you know, like anyway, that was really funny. And yeah, I've got some good memories with Kyle. Good kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and good good young man as it was, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Very sad.
0: Very sad indeed. So the year that the sort of thirteen year break you took from the game, did you stop Darts Completely During that period Yes okay. Yeah
2: I probably I probably had One or two tournaments And You know Where someone rang up And wanted a doubles partner But I didn't play any singles And
0: that I just put them down So what was it then For you that Made you decide To actually come back And start competing again
2: Well My, my youngest daughter To my first marriage Turned Marriage Turned 18 and she was right. Then she didn't have, you know, I didn't have to look after them anymore. They were adults, and and you know, like beautiful young ladies. And I'm glad I done that because I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I've got a good relationship with the four girls, and yeah. So it was, which made it all worthwhile, you know.
0: And when you came back, you got back into the Australian team pretty quickly. And in 2016, you won the Asia Pacific. Singles, uh, did it mean more winning that trophy because you'd had such a long break?
2: Oh, yeah. No. The whole tournament was, you know, like a, a great thing for me because the four gold medals were up on offer and I won them all, you know, like I got all four of them. Like me and Ro, Adam Rowe won the the doubles, the teams won the teams and we won the overall and I won the singles, you know, so it was happy days for me. <laughs>
0: Of course, so, even if you had to, to yeah, beat was, your teammate Peter Machin in the final. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was actually I think pretty good. I tried to get footage of that the other day, and I couldn't find it. I can see there's other footage of other things, and but then we we went over and played in South Korea, and and me and Adam won the the doubles two like consecutive. Uh, Asian Pacific Cup doubles, which was I don't think it's never been done in in that yeah. Asian Pacific thing. I know I know the country's won it twice, but I don't think the same people from the same country has won it mm. twice. Yeah,
0: and I mean the year after that, Asia Pacific singles. You were part of a a great history making moment for Australia at the World Cup in twenty seventeen when you were part of the, the the team that won the team's competition, which was the first time Australia had had won it I'm sure that was a very special moment for you and obviously a great bond formed between you guys that were over there oh absolutely and you know like
2: I think in my in my whole darting thing I grew up with Darts Australia and the WDF and and the BDO and, and all that sort of stuff and it was sort of that was sort of my grassroots you know and for 40 years, we've been sending superstars over to try and win that, you know. But hmm. like the names, Terry O'Day and, and, you know, all the Wayne Weenings and Steve's and Tony's and, you know, like all those superstars and even Simon and Graham Hunt, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But they all had opportunities, you know, we've had some seconds and stuff, but... I'll never forget the time when I was standing on that stage having 48 left. And, you know, I've never felt like I was never going to miss that double, ever. You know, I just felt so good about it, you know. And, yeah, and normally, normally I would go eight double 20. But for this day, I, I just looked at it and I thought, nah, I'm going the 16th. And I never felt like I was going to miss it, you know.
0: That was a, a great moment for, for all of you. Looking ahead to, to next year, I'm sure it's difficult to, to plan these kind of things. And hoping, you know, Australia gets back to normal and you can travel a bit more. Is your plan to do both the DPA circuit and the DA circuit, or are you going to be prioritising one of those?
2: I think um, next year I'll be more about darts for me. You know, like, I'm not going to be so much as one side or the other. I think I'll play where I want to play, Mm. you know? And whatever comes about with that, like, if I'm stronger in one and the other and it's going to get me into a a spot over in England or somewhere like that, well, I'll follow that path, you
0: know? Well, thank you so much for your time today, Justin. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at Lakeside in January.
2: Yeah, thank you very much and thanks for getting in contact with me. Appreciate
0: it. I loved chatting with Justin last week. His story about Kyle Anderson and the inflatable crocodiles cheered me up no end, as did his post-recording offer of a beer at Lakeside in January. I thoroughly look forward to that one, Tomo. That wraps up the WDF season. We've got the draw and then we're going to be looking ahead to the World Championships. I'm looking at having... A full breakdown of the draw in the next few weeks, as well as another episode next week with another three great guests lined up. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at AM Sinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And in the meantime, stay safe.